Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I am that dude, Bodkins. Patty da Patty. That's ridiculous. No way. There's nobody else out there. He's your guy. Give a big round of applause for the one and only Bodkins show. I'm going to repeat that again, folks. I didn't stutter. Welcome to the Bodkins show. Good evening, everybody. It's another great episode of the Bodkins Show. I am that dude, Bodkins, coming from you from a remote location, my uh, glorious hotel room here in Joplin, Missouri. Don't worry, me and the wife are not on the outs, promise you that, just because I tore my shirt off uh, and people have been trying to slide in my DMs since Super Bowl Sunday. No, just on a work thing, so... All things are A-OK at home. In case you missed it, do check out that uh, seven-hour aspect of uh, our Super Bowl Sunday show. It went off great. Uh, and then on Monday, I was on this man's show. We had some great conversation. Uh, please check it out. Welcome, as always, my co-host every Thursday night, my Puerto Rican brother, Mr. Johnny Cruz. Johnny, what's up? Um, hopefully the ratings went up uh, when on your show on Monday uh, we did a great show. I, I loved uh, coming on your show. If you missed it, please check out the Johnny Cruz show. One of the 5,000 shows that you uh, co-host, but that one you put your own stamp on. And uh, after 30 shows, you finally get your boy Bodkins on. Yeah, and it was definitely the the highest rated one for, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a fun conversation as always, man. We had we had a good time. Um, but no, man, happy to be here. Happy to, you know what I'm saying? put the final final touches on on the Super Bowl and and move forward with you know with some of the other sports we got going on you know say some college basketball and you know say we got NBA all the trade deadline stuff so yeah man happy to be here as always uh says hey Bodkins who won the Super Bowl go Chiefs the <laughs> the uh the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl I, and we're gonna talk about about it all uh, he, he says we need to bring the Chiefs fan. CD was dying. He was wanting to come on. He was just he's working tonight, I think. Uh, but uh, was dying to trying to get back on to AK and kind of go back and forth. If you missed it, Johnny, they were kind of going back and forth uh, last week in our Super Bowl preview. Speaking of the Super Bowl, I tried to get Ryan Larson on. Uh, you know, because he but he is in hiding and he's crying due to the Eagles. So instead. Uh, we got the better looking brother, Matt Larson, joining us tonight. Uh, Matt, let's start it. I'm not going to bury the lead here. Um, is your brother, is how sad is he? Is he crying? Is he depressed? What's going on there? How was it to watch his team go down in flames the way, uh, the way that, uh, the Eagles did? Yeah, he's definitely at that stage of uh, denial. Uh, there's seven <laughs> stages. Um, <clears throat> he is just telling himself that it basically didn't happen. I think, but um, yeah, it was it was it was really bittersweet. It was a really good game until you know the refs kind of took us you know oh, took away the opportunity for us to see you know who was really going to win that game on a really ticky tack call. But uh, yeah, he's not happy about it. Uh, we almost didn't do the fantasy show today. He still did some recovery <laughs> time, but we we did it. We made it through. We just didn't talk a lot of Eagles, so no, um, no, no smash flat screens or nothing like that. No, no, he's not one of those fans. Okay, uh, no tipping cars. Okay, um, yeah, he's he, he's on a budget. <laughs> when you got when you got what's he got four kids you and a, a newborn you got to uh yeah. you got to play it smart you know can't right. just be smashing tvs did you guys i saw you guys were together uh on super bowl sunday was that at your house his house yep my house we always do all the football at my house okay so you, did you like bubble home. wrap the screens then just in case or how did you do that you had a leash on them I just, it was just a pat on the back and a, as a Bills fan, I've been there. Mahomes has done it to me too. So, you know, now you get the feeling and you understand. So uh, hopefully he doesn't have to go through that again. I think the Eagles kind of take a dip anyways. I think a lot of the guys are going to retire. So he probably will, it'll be a while before he sees a Super Bowl again, unfortunately, but Damn. he'll remember this one for a while. I, I messaged him on Monday and he never messaged me back. And really all I did was apologize. I said, Hey man, I'm sorry I gave the Eagles the Bodkins KOD. Um, my sincere apologies. You can put that on me. 
Uh, but and he never messaged me back. So I don't know if he's mad, upset with me. But, uh, you know, Ryan, I'm sorry. When I email, DM you again next year for fantasy football advice, uh, please give it back to me. Uh, that's kind of your job. But, uh, you know. He, he responds in stage three of the. Uh, I, I was, was going to say, what, what, st- what stage was that on Monday? It probably, <laughs> probably wasn't a good time. <laughs> he'll, he'll do the apologies on stage three. Okay, so I should by by two weeks from now, maybe next month, maybe by the draft, he'll reach back out to me and say he's uh he's sorry for not re- uh, answering my text. Yeah, maybe when Jason Jason Kelsey retires, he'll start to realize <laughs> that'll be a relapse uh, at that point in time. <laughs> Matt, let's talk about it. You kind of alluded to it into the beginning. Your thoughts on the the call that uh, that was. Uh, you know, the holding call that really ended what I thought was a great Super Bowl and made it very anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were saying, oh, this was going to be the best Super Bowl. This was the best Super Bowl. That call really kind of deflated that for me. Uh, if they were able to at least give the Eagles a chance to tie with the drive or even go to overtime, could have been the best Super Bowl of all time. Um, but unfortunately, that kind of dampered things and really – it dampered things because that hold was on a play where they weren't trying to get it to the receiver. He was really just throwing it away. Uh, there was also illegal hands to the face on one of the def- defensive linemen. So I guess we're getting ticky tacky here. The Eagles had a 10 point leave at halftime. They really shouldn't have given them an opportunity to get to that point. But if we're talking about the climatic things of it, uh, I just thought it was kind of, you know, it just doesn't help the NFL for people who think that it's rigged. It really doesn't. Uh, it, it just <laughs> makes it seem like, well, this is what they wanted. And I really truly feel like the Eagles could have came down and drove because, you know, they were really firing on all cylinders most of the game, uh, at least to get a field goal and go to overtime. So it was really just disappointing. It kind of was really flat. It was kind of like, oh, we got to give it to this team. I know that's not what really happened, but, you know, it's just, it just kind of seems that way. So, it was definitely an, an ending people are never going to forget. And I think that the NFL will take note about that and think about those things uh, because really the game was called perfectly since before that. I mean, there wasn't really any calls I was blown away by. They were letting pe- people play. Um, but, boy, if you could have a call that would ruin everything, that would that would that summed up the, the season for me as a Bills fan right there. Um, so... It is what it is. Uh, you know, Eagles fans are upset. Probably everybody that's not a Chiefs fan is upset by that call, I would think. Uh, you put your favorite team in that position, and you're absolutely irate. So um, it's just at least the Eagles already have a Super Bowl. Yeah, the, I, I just think, like, I'm not even upset that the Chiefs won. Like, everybody was like, oh, you mad the Chiefs won. I'm not upset that they won. I, didn't, I could care less that they won the damn game. Like, I, I, you know, kudos to them. For the ten point comeback, what I and I, I don't really blame the call uh, on how the Chief Eagles lost and the Chiefs won, because I blame the Eagles defense. Because where the hell were they? Mm-hmm. Where was Hassan Reddick? Where was Naganam and Sue? Where was Robert Quinn? Where was all? Where was this defense that was sacking everybody all season? They gave up. They gave. They had zero. A big fat donut of sacks what i'm upset is of what we were robbed like you said right. we were robbed of something that could have been or something of something special uh i think and it's not even like he like he wasn't even throwing the ball to like the ball wasn't even close to juju that's right. the damn thing is like the ball was eight yards away it didn't look like the hold was like stopped him from getting to the ball so like it was just a bad call at the wrong time and you know, I, I said this before. Uh, I quit it to it pro, senior prom night. You and your buddies get together. You guys are all dressed up. You got your suits and ties on. You guys get on the dance floor. You're dancing. Here comes the prom queen. She's hitting on you. You're hitting on her. You guys go back to your place. Things are getting hot and heavy. She's kissing on your neck. You're kissing on her neck. Uh, you go to the bathroom and then she comes, you come back out and she's just laying there flat dead. And well, you're, and then your uh, thing kind of goes like this and you're just holding it in your hand. And that's just kind of uh, what happened at to the Super Bowl. The best explanation I can give it to you. That, that analogy right there never gets old, man. <laughs> um, but I, I think Matt headed there with, I mean, both of you did. I mean, disappointing. Uh, like you said, it just robbed us of, of an opportunity to see like a, a great finish. Either way, even if Philly wound up getting stopped, it still would have been exciting to see, you know, Kansas City stop them or whatever. But 
Um, it was a ticky-tack call. Yes, it was a hold. But, yeah, that ball was 10 yards, 12 yards over his head. So he didn't impede him from, from making the play. And they were letting them kind of be physical all game. So if you're going to let them play like that all game, why why get so ticky-tack right there at the end? Especially if you know, and I know, because I'm a believer of if it's a strike in the first inning, it's a strike in the ninth inning. I hate the whole, if it, you know, you got to you know swallow your whistle in basketball. No, if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. But again, just be consistent. So if you're letting them get away with some stuff in the first quarter, then you need to let them get away with it in the fourth quarter as well. And that's that's kind of what Bradbury was saying when he said that he thought he was he was going to get away with it because it was going on all game. You know what I'm saying? So it just it's disappointing that we weren't able to see something special because it was it was a it was so much fun. That game was a lot of fun back and forth. Uh, Philly, like you said, Matt, uh, they had every opportunity to win that game. Man. That fumble in the first half was that was heartbreaking right there, and then. You know, said I wound up, you know, texting Nick once. Once they kicked, they had to kick that field goal, and were only able to oh, go up six. I, that was game. You know, what I'm saying because you you're too close to Kansas City, and you give him Mahomes. You know, what I'm saying an opportunity to beat you, he's gonna beat you. Um, so it, it sucks that it ended that way, but it, I mean, it was ultimately it was it was a really good game that just got kind of spoiled there at the end. That's all. Yeah, I want to comment on Hun's comment here. Jalen Hurts, Hail Mary was so perfect. Ha ha. Um, well, that's digression to the field being so perfect as well. Uh, right. You can see, you watch the video, he slips on that awesome field that they were playing on. Matt, like how the hell did we get to the Super Bowl, the biggest game of the year, and we're playing on the worst damn field, and in, 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 it's not even weather. Yeah, so they actually were working on that field for two years, um, specifically for the Super Bowl. They would drag it out every day for it to get sunlight because it's a type of grass that they were growing, and they would slide it back in. Uh, $800,000 to watch a bunch of guys slip at a, like a circus fair. Um, both sides were super unhappy with it. There was piles of cleats you know, just on the sidelines because people had to change out their attire. Um, you know, I, I think that if Roger Goodell is upset about anything, he's probably embarrassed by that. Um, and I just don't really understand why they would try something new on the most important game. It, it really seems right, to me like right. they would want to wait, <laughs> right. No, do what you know. And, you know, that way you don't have to have any scrutiny. Um, but it was really bad. I hope they never use that again. Um, I don't know what it was. It's some type of grass, I guess, that they can grow artificially. Um, but it was terrible. Uh, it was just a mess. It was like partially turf, partially grass. And it, and the players were saying it was like wet rubber. Yeah. Jake Elliott slips in the second half uh, on the kickoff and rolls his ankle. What if he got hurt, seriously gets hurt there and the Eagles need him to kick a damn game winner. And it, he rolls his damn ankle because you got a shitty ass field. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of times where, you know, got what receivers are trying to make cuts slip. I mean, that's an ACL tear right there. Easy. Um, these guys run so fast and they pivot so fast. Um, they, they couldn't have been happy. And again, this is the, the most important game of the season. And you're going to allow that. I'm just glad it didn't affect one team and not the other it affected both teams. Right. It was just ridiculous in its own set, but um yeah bonehead move by the nfl another bonehead move i guess yeah that, that's perfectly said too that that the, the super bowl is not the time for to try new shit you know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? like seriously you know what I'm saying? so that, that's that's kind of crazy there and, and i mean i actually heard a lot of people talking about how that that might have affected philly's pass rush because they couldn't get a good you know what I'm saying a good step you know when they were trying to rush which i don't know if that's just you know sour grapes or whatever after you know after the game or whatever but I mean, it sounds like a legitimate thing that could have been happening, especially when you see everybody slipping all over the place. So yeah, that, like, yeah, you don't, you don't try nothing new in, in the biggest game of the season. You know, saying that that was just stupid. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully we don't see nothing like that uh, again going forward. <laughs> he says, says excuses are like assholes. Everyone has one, and they all stink. Yeah, I'm not making excuses for right. Philadelphia. I, their it's defense not. did not show up. Right. In yep. that game. I said on Sunday's pregame for the Eagles to win, they got to get three plus sacks and get some hurries on Mahomes. Mahomes had a lot of time to throw. And then when he did, even on the bad ankle, uh, which seemed to he got re-aggravated, seemed to be able to run. 
Bro, he was running away from people in that that long run. He like pulled away from people. Yeah, on a bum ankle. Let me ask you guys this: Jalen Hurts to me, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patty Mahomes. I mean, maybe because he was on the field a little bit more. Would you have given the? I mean, Travis Kelsey said it too, like in a in one maybe on his podcast that hey, there ain't no damn reason why Jalen Hurts couldn't have been Super Bowl MVP. Well, they they don't give. Yeah, he definitely. They never give it to the loser, man. Not in football. Been a long I've never time. seen that. It's happened one time, I think, in history. Right. Like the 70s, I think, or something like that. Um, yeah, I think that he definitely outperformed him. Philly had the perfect game plan, especially in the first half. They kind of fell apart in the second half. They didn't really continue what they were doing in the first half, or at least they weren't as successful. Um, but they did what they needed to, control time of possession, which was a huge difference. Um, you know, run the football well. Uh, Jalen Hurts had, I think, two or three rushing touchdowns on his own. Um, so he had a monster day. He did everything right besides losing the ball on that fumble return touchdown, which kind of, I guess you could say, cost him the game, but didn't really. Um, but there is no excuses for Philly. They were up by 10 points at halftime. The The call is really just a robbery of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say fair play, but really that's how I feel is, you know, these guys are professionals. These guys – pay you know they they make a lot of money they dedicate their whole life to this sport and they're gonna not finish out the championship game off of a play that nothing would have changed if they hadn't have called that you know the ball wasn't going to be caught by juju it was intentionally thrown away on purpose um so i i get the you know it's not an excuse because philly lost that game they lost because they didn't execute in the second half but we were as fans robbed for sure of a, a good ending because that was the time they wanted to call that penalty. Cause I mean, realistically there's a lot of times where penalties aren't called. And if a penalty is a penalty, then they should be called at all times, but humans are humans and they don't always get calls correctly. Um, so it's unfortunate, but again, Eagles had a 10 point lead. They should have, they should have finished it out. The other thing about that call too, is nobody would have said anything if it wasn't called. That's the thing. That, yeah. That's how that's how ticky it was. There was it's only one person calling for that penalty, Patrick and that was Mahomes. Patty Mahomes. Right. So he not, calls for like, quarterbacks call for every penalty every time. You, but it's it's not like KC fans or anybody would have been like, oh my God, they missed that call. No, nobody would have said anything. They would have kicked the field goal, and then we all would have been, you know, entertained with with, a, with you know possibly an amazing ending. But yeah, it was just it was just such a yeah perfect yeah perfect cock block perfect just you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, whatever you know, saying, especially if you if you ain't got a a dog in the race, you know, what I'm saying, you definitely feel like you got robbed. Something, of course, Philly fans feel some kind of way about it. And of course, you know, Kansas City fans are happy as hell. But as far as like NFL fans, you know, what I'm saying, like that was such a good game, man. You just wanted to see, you know, especially when, especially when they did, Philly just went down the field, scored a touchdown and the two point conversion to tie it. So it was just like. I mean, it was it was just super exciting going down the stretch there, and then it was just like, okay, we're just gonna let you know, Kansas City's just gonna win it. Matt, how how good the bets hit? Uh, how good you do on your Super Bowl picks? Oh, everything was fine until Philly lost. Um, <laughs> if you had a Philly in your parlay, it was over. Um, the numbers were right. I mean, everything was really close. The score was really close. Uh, I said on our pregame show, I, my jaw wasn't gonna drop if Kansas City won, which they did. Um, but in terms of what we expected, Travis Kelsey touchdown, Jalen Hurts got in the end zone. The only surprise I guess people would say is Miles Sanders had a absolutely horrible game. Uh, he fumbled on, I think the first catch he had and pretty much had to hide the rest of the game. They used Gainwell and Boston Scott quite a bit and they were quite successful. Um, but other than that, everybody who we expected to perform performed Mahomes obviously still had a pretty decent game. Jalen Hurts had a great game. Um, so, and Isaiah Pacheco had a great game too. He was killing it. Pacheco was an absolute dog. I mean, they'd hit him. He'd bounce back up. One time I thought they left him for dead and he still found him was still got back up. Uh, I, I mean, he was an absolute stud And how about the awareness on Pacheco too, on that, um, scamper where he could have scored a touchdown. Oh, that was McKinnon. That was McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon, uh, was, you could have scored a touchdown, right? Like, Hey, that's what everybody wants to do when you score a touchdown, but smart by not, you know, hey, I'm just going to sit this one out and right. kneel it. We're going to kick a game winner, and that's going to be it. Yeah. 
it was a great game plan by by Andy Reid too. I mean, the short passing game, the the actually you know sticking with the running game, you know what I'm saying to to you know the screen game. I mean, is there any better coach at designing screens than Andy Reid? I don't think there is. Uh, maybe Shanahan, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> might be yeah. might be in there with him too, but. Uh, I think it was just, you know, we talked about it on the game day show, you know, say before the Super Bowl about, you know, coaching, you know, being a factor. And I think Andy Reid had the perfect game plan. Uh, I mentioned it, you know, uh, on the Monday show with, with you, Nick, that, you know, that that play where they had the easy touchdowns where they were wide open on that kind of, you know, fake inside go outside was a play that Doug Peterson and the Jaguars ran against the Eagles earlier in the season. Doug Peterson, of course, off of the, you know, Andy Reid tree. So, you know what I'm saying? That's just that's that's doing your homework and your scouting. And, you know, they found a weakness there and they exposed it. So props to Andy Reid, man. Yeah, the yeah, two walk-in touchdowns, this untouched. Yeah. It's just, that can't happen in, in the Super Bowl. Before we get to our, our next topic and talk a little college basketball, uh, little Jonathan Cruz wants to know uh, from you, Matt, uh, Bills have a lot of pending free agents. Who, in your opinion, would you like to bring back? Uh, absolutely Jordan Poyer. It has to be Jordan Poyer. Uh, I know that Tremaine Edmonds is probably not going to be on the team. Uh, Edmonds is a great player. You tackle machine, uh, not a good blitzer, not the, you know, most pat pageant rated, uh, cover linebacker either. Uh, bills need blitzing ability. They need a blitzing linebacker. So they're going to find somebody else, but you got to have Poyer and Hyde back. That was one of the reasons why Buffalo wasn't as successful was they were missing Von Miller and Micah Hyde this year. Um, and Trey White was kind of coming back. He was had that ACL injury. So if anything, they've got to get Poyer back and they got to trade for D You think you think you think Poyer's gonna ask for like top safety money? Uh I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that he right. should if you know, in his right. best interest. Um do they got the cap to give him to kind of let him to reset the market? Yeah, really what it is is they can't keep all of these guys. Like some of them are going to have to go. I did read that they're thinking about Allen potentially will do a restructure so he gets some bonus money, and then a lot of that money will either get pushed back or basically frees up cap space for them. But they're not going to be able to keep all these guys. Um, they're going to have to let go of a few of them, especially probably Edmonds because he's very young. I think he's only like 25 because he, he came in the NFL when he was 19. Yeah. Um, so he's going to get a huge payday. Uh, he has almost 100 tackles every year. He's a great player. Um, but Buffalo can't stand to lose the safety coverage for sure. I think that right. player has to come back. Yeah, and Allen's the perfect quarterback because he he will restructure. You know what I'm saying? He seems like the type that he'll do whatever he needs to do for other guys to be able to get paid to keep the team competitive. So that's what, that's a good thing about Allen, I, I think. At least he seems like that type of guy. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, he definitely eats his salary cap, but he's willing to make those directional moves, you know, in the years that he gets his money to – I mean, he wants to win. I think he wants to right. win almost as badly as, you know, obviously the top competitors just the way that he is. So, um, you know, get Keenan Allen, get D-Hop, you know, you got to do something like that, and then it will be fine. Woo. That <laughs> D-Hop money is some that's, – that's, 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 that's a lot of money right they, there. They ain't getting D-Hop. Uh, Keenan, dude, Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs, that's just – that's, that's I would rather have Keenan Allen. I mean, insane, the perfect bro. the route the running bro. For him. That's the perfect receiver for Josh Allen. So you think Allen. they need to get another another uh, playmaker? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Gabe Davis is not a great number two, and Buffalo has a lot of really good pieces in the receiving court, but they don't have that extra stud. Like you look at Cincinnati, they have T. Higgins. You know, even Tyler Boyd is really good. Um, you know, all these teams have really good, solid number twos, and Buffalo kind of just has a bunch of guys that are just, you know, somewhat successful, but not at that level. Everybody double covers digs, and it just, you know, it kind of falls flat for Buffalo. So I think if they had another player like a D Hop, a Keenan Allen, you know, one of these top tier guys, it would definitely take a lot of pressure off of Diggs and the person that they bring in, you know, kind of like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah, and um, Dawson, Dawson Knox or E2, if you get another receiver like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Davis is a really great number three, but uh, he's not a good number two, you know? Right. No, nope, that, that, that Shakir kid is going to be good too, man. That young kid. Yeah, I really like Khalil Shakir. He can definitely be, um, you know, one of the speed guys that they have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we lost Jameson Crowder too at the beginning of the year. So, 
you know, that's another guy that they need to bring back and see what he can do because he's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got if you can get one of these guys, I mean, Keenan Allen. I mean, if you can get Keenan Allen, Chargers happy. He's a stud. Uh, yeah, and he probably would take less money. He's been hurt. He's older. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's trying. He's trying to win too. He's trying to win too. Yeah, he could win. In, he could win in. Uh, I about said San Diego. I about say stop, LA. stop, stop. You don't LA think has, so? LA I mean, has. He, he can if if they weren't the Chargers. LA. Yes. Has, <laughs> LA has so much dead money that they have to let him go. There's no way yeah. that they're gonna be. Able to hey, come on, to Green Bay, Bay baby. Just, Justin's about to get Green Bay, bro. Especially without Aaron Rodgers. Hey, well, don't say that yet. Is he I'm, is he locked up? Is he locked up in the in the retreat right now? Hey, that's really what I'm doing. I'm trying to find which uh which uh house uh, Aaron's locked in so I can uh I can search for him this weekend while he's locked in his four day retreat and convince him. He turned off all the lights so he didn't have to see any more green. <laughs> so the next big event, obviously, uh, we got the NBA All Star Weekend coming up. We talked a little bit NBA a couple weeks ago, but we got to get ready for March Madness. We are one month away uh, from filling out them brackets. Uh, we'll fill out ours here on the show as well, and we'll kind of break it down when all that happens. But Matt, talk us about who the hell's the number one team in this country because it seems like nobody wants to be. The number one team. Uh, we just saw Alabama lose last night to Tennessee. Purdue has lost a few times when they've been ranked number one. Houston has lost a few times when they're ranked number one. Uh, what the hell's going on here in college basketball? And why does anybody want to be the number one team? Yeah, I had to really dive in and look at some numbers here because there's really not a lot of teams. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, former Kentucky's, you know, Dukes that you're like, ah, oh, this is the, this is the best team. You know, I'm surprised this team hasn't gone undefeated. You know, Gonzaga a few years ago. Right. Um, so out of all the top 25 teams that are currently top 25, there's two teams with no top 25 wins. That's FAU, San Diego state. They're not that, you know, they're, they're all right, but they're nothing. Ranked teams with one top 25 win Houston, the, the second team, you know, <laughs> they have one top 25 win. Yep. Okay. They lost. They don't play nobody in Conference USA, though. Right. But when they have had opportunities, they played Alabama earlier in the season. Lost. It wasn't a blowout, but they lost. So you know, I'm not super confident in them. And then you go to these teams with two wins in the top 25. Number four, UCLA has two. I don't know what the you know committee or whoever does this is in love with UCLA for, but you know their wins are you know they lost to Arizona. This team has gotten massacred by USC. They just lose to a lot of their Pac-12 rivals, um, but they're number four in the country. I just don't understand that. Uh, in my eyes, they're very fraudulent. And then Purdue, we we just saw Purdue lost today. They've had a horrible, you know, back-to-back run. losses. Back-to-back I mean, that's they losses. lost to Maryland today, right? Like, did yeah. I just see that yeah. right? Yeah. That game was yeah. final. Yeah, lost to Maryland, lost to Indiana. Uh, this team is. I don't know what this team is. They only have three lots of Northwestern. Northwestern just beat Purdue and Indiana in the same damn week. Yeah. And they're Without not even ranked, them. but they're going to be next week, guaranteed. Right. Yeah. Um, they have three top 25 <laughs> wins. One of them was Ohio State, which is not a top 25 team anymore. Um, and the other wins came earlier in the season. This team is, you know, I, I can't find a bigger fraud than Purdue. I think that they have kind of – Everybody's figured out that they're not in the top five. They just haven't fallen yet. Um, but, the you know, March Madness is really close, and they're going to get in there. And, you know, when you're filling out your brackets, I would that's going to be one of the teams that people are going to look at and say, you know, they could be a second-round exit because um, they're just – they're very fraudulent in my opinion. You don't think Big Zach Eady can lead that team to uh, a, a deep run? Well – I mean, that that's the thing is they have something that nobody has – uh, in Zach Eady, like Eady is a throwback back to the basket type player that they don't even play that type of basketball anymore. Everybody's spreading it out, spreading it out, and they can just dump it down to him whenever they need something. Do you, you don't think he can't carry that team further in? Well, if he can, if they should have by now, I mean, <laughs> you know, I just, if you look at the schedule for Purdue, obviously they play in the big 10. So they do have competition. They play Northwestern. They play, you know, Michigan, Ohio state. These are not slouch teams, you know, Penn state, Michigan state. These are, this is good competition. And they only have three top 25 wins. Ohio state is not a top 25 team. That's one of the ones that were just counted. Um, 
And, you know, they ha what is their resume win where you go, well, yeah, I feel pretty confident in Purdue. I just don't see it. You know, all season long, they've kind of just been trickling along, barely beating teams. Um, you know, he is a great player, but, you know, it's, it's, you got to show me. You got to show me what you what you can do, and you've had all season to do it. So uh, with that being said, though, teams with the, the team with the most top 25 wins in college football or college basketball, I'm sorry, is Iowa State. They have seven. And the Big 12 loves to beat up on each other. I mean, Kansas State has either lost and won against, I think, every Big 12 team this year. Uh, they go back and forth with everybody. They're number 12 in the nation right now. Yes, and they're a solid basketball team. Um, Iowa State, you know, they can lose to a nobody and win to, you know, win against a really good team. It's just, yeah, that's where we're at in college basketball right now. There's not really a solidified team where you're super confident that they're just going to totally dominate. Um, the good news is, is there's a few teams. Alabama, obviously, they did lose to Tennessee a couple of days ago. They have five wins over top 25 teams, and those wins are against teams, you know, ranked in the top 10. You know, these are successful teams. They're not Ohio State, you know, that just, you know, North Carolina that was ranked earlier on in the season. Um, you know, you have them. You have Texas. Texas is very good. Texas is another team that plays in the Big 12, and the Big 12, you know, it's hard to beat every Big 12 team, you know, continuously throughout the season, especially when you see them multiple times. Uh, so I like Texas a lot. Um, I, are I, you are you worried because uh, Beard is now was fired? Are you worried about Texas there with the new coach and all the trauma? The um, I don't really say trauma, but the uh, ups and downs that they've had because it does seem like they weathered that storm of getting a new coach and have continued to play well. But then at times, man, they they have lost some big games. Yeah, and I think that they've done well with that change. Um, it's going to be, you know, we got a few more games left before March Madness, so we're going to get to see a little bit more. I mean, that's a super talented team, and they've shown that all season. So they definitely have some adversity to work through. Um, you know, they haven't fallen off the cliff by any means. So I think that, you know, the team is still there. Um, but we'll we'll see what these next, you know, five, six games before the March Madness brings for them. Um, but they're definitely a team to watch. They're super talented. Um, they have good wins, um, you know, and then just looking at some of these other teams, uh, we talked about, you know, with some teams that are not ranked at all, Pittsburgh, they're the number one ACC team. They're top yeah. ACC. They beat Virginia, who is ranked, uh, let me see here, seven. Also, right. my opinion, a kind of suspect team. They've lost. Virginia's had some pretty big losses. Um, but Pittsburgh not ranked at all. Uh, gonna maybe win the ACC. It, it just, that? that don't make no sense, man. They're the, the number ACC one team used in the to ACC. Be the best conference right. in, in all of basketball. Number one team in the ACC, but yeah, Virginia, the the U is ranked 15. NC State is ranked 23rd, but Pittsburgh's the best team in the ACC, and they're not they're not ranked at all. Like this is this is. This is a very wide open um, season. Um, like we talked before before the show, you know, none of the blue bloods, you know what I'm saying, like Duke, um, Kentucky, yeah, North Carolina. None of, those, none of those guys are ranked right now, but similar to like, you know, similar. Go ahead. If you want to ask the question and I'll go on with it. I had two two questions here, Matt. Right. My first question is about the Big 12. It seems like because I'm a Big 10 guy. Uh, it seems like they're like the Big Ten of a couple of years ago where they got so many great teams and they beat up on each other and they'll probably get a bunch of teams into the tournament. But are we worried, much like the Big Ten used to do, they beat up each other so much in the regular season, we hype them up, and in the tournament they absolutely shit the bed. Uh, can one of them teams in the Big 12, how far are we betting on on Texas, Kansas, or even K-State to, to make a run? And like, are we worried that they're going to beat up so much each other? And by the time March Madness ends, they're just going to they're they're not going to be able to have much left in the tank. Well, the thing is, is if you look at you know the SEC and the Big Ten, also it's very similar. Uh, I think the Big Twelve definitely has a lot more camaraderie. They go back and forth more, I think. But even the SEC, Alabama's you know lost to a, an SEC team. Um, I, I think Alabama's probably the most secure team I feel that I would be most comfortable with right now, even though they just lost to Tennessee. Um, but yeah, the big 12 Kansas is always really good. I feel very confident with them. Texas, they're super talented. We'll see how they do with the adversity. 
Um, Iowa State, again, seven wins. They, they can beat these teams. Top 25 wins, seven top 25 wins. Um, they're a good team. They just sometimes they just fall flat and lose. You just can't do that in March Madness. Uh, you got six, what, six, what is it, six games you got to win in a row or something like that? Five. Yeah, yeah. So I like the Big 12. I think if I were to pick a conference that has the most, you know, uh, skill, uh, I would say it's the Big 12, but I think the best team is Alabama. Uh, I think that they, you know, obviously you're not going to win every game in college basketball. Um, but I think that they're the most complete team right now. I think that they are the ones, if I had to pick a favorite, I would pick them. Um, but the big 12, we could have a couple of teams in the top, in the final eight for sure. In the big 12, I like Kansas state, Iowa state, Kansas and Texas. They're all really, really solid. Even Oklahoma is pretty good and they're not even ranked and they're probably not even going to make the, 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 uh, March madness. So not for nothing, but a lot of these conference, you know, tournaments are going to be hella fun, bro. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I said, it's so it's so wide open. So there's gonna be a lot of teams, like you said, beating up on each other. But yeah, these the, the conference uh, tournaments right before March Madness is gonna be pretty interesting because, like you said, they, a lot of teams are gonna be beating up on each other, especially to try to get, um, try to win the the, the conference title uh, in that tournament. So they're gonna be putting it all out there. But um, be careful, like just like last year where North Carolina was ranked, I think they were an eight. And then they wind up making a run. So that's where you got to be careful for a Duke or a Kentucky or somebody like that, you know, getting a lower seed and then kind of having an easier path, you know what I'm saying, to get to, you know, to get to the Elite Eight or the Final Four or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I kind of like when it's wide open like this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, it's nice when you have that one dominant team or whatever to see if somebody can kind of upset them or whatever. But um, it's kind of fun when it's, when it's wide open like this. You know what I'm saying? To where – Pretty much anybody can beat anybody on any given night. The only thing that gives me a little worry about some of the, you know, like the Iowa State is, you know, two and six away from away from their home court kind of worries me because when you go to neutral sites, it's, you know what I'm saying? Uh, TCU's two and six, Kansas State three and six. So that, you know, even Texas is four and four away from home. So, you know, once, once they're, not, they're not in their, you know, comfort zone of being at home, you know, they play a different game that, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens once once we get to the neutral sites and stuff. But it's going to – I'm looking forward to – I always like the conference championships, though. Those, those are always fun tournaments right there. Yeah. Matt, where the hell are all the Blue Bloods? Where is Kentucky? Where is Duke? Where is North Carolina? Like, I, there was a, a part of the season – now Kentucky's on the bubble because they were cold, then they got hot, uh, and now they've almost played themselves out again. There was a, literally a petition to fire John Calipari. Are you a fucking serious, Kansas, or Kentucky? Like, that is – who are you going to get better than John Calipari? Like, that that guy's not walking through the door, a guy who can go out and get you a first-round pick uh, uh, NBA year after year and uh, put you – in the top 25 compete for titles. What are they thinking in Kentucky and where the hell are the rest of the blue bloods? Yeah. Don't forget Syracuse and Michigan too. Both of those teams are pretty. Yeah. Michigan uh, state as well. And Michigan state, you've got Michigan state, North Carolina, you've got Duke, you've got uh, Kentucky. Like you said, I mean, you know, I think the biggest problem is, is when the season starts for college basketball, these blue bloods, they get a lot of love. And they should. I mean, this these teams are usually going to have success. That's why when you go to the um, to the March Madness and you look at these teams, you want to look at the Blue Bloods because you know they're going to have they've had success in that. The coaches have had success there. They've had experience. North, North Carolina was ranked number one preseason. They're not even ranked now. Right. right exactly. Uh, I know Gonzaga was up pretty high at one point. Uh, you had Michigan State was ranked at one point. Um, they even lost to Notre Dame, which is my team. And Notre Dame is terrible. Uh, so um, it just goes to show that, you know, rankings aren't everything. And just because it's a name doesn't mean it's a skill and doesn't mean that that's the team. That's what we have this year. Um, so I think that's really what it was. But I, these some of these teams are still going to make the, the, the March Madness. And you have to look out for them because, you know, Tom Izzo, he is an excellent coach. He is not going to let somebody just sneak right by him. He could easily get a few wins in March Madness. Um, could be one of them Cinderella stories for sure. Um, I think that North Carolina has a chance to squeak in. I don't know. I think of all the teams, I think that you know probably Michigan State will probably get a way to squeak in. Um, maybe Kentucky. You know, we got a couple games left this year, but uh, it's. I, I mean, me personally, it's kind of nice to see a different change of guard. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I liked when Michigan was doing really well. That was kind of cool. It was just different. I mean, I'll never like when Alabama's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, you know, cut from college football. Right. Um, they can't but, have both, right? Like, yeah. hey, be good at one, but don't right. – hey, you want to be great at college football, be great at college football. By God, don't come into college basketball yeah. now. Right. Like, you know, that would have been like Duke being really good at football. Like, hey, you yeah. guys own basketball. Don't start trying to come over here in football and try to own something. Well, I, I, I think the coaches retiring, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, Mike Krzyzewski left. You know, say Roy Williams left from, you know, from UNC, even though, you know, Hubert Davis, you know, he, he did a good job last season you know, making that run in the tournament, <clears throat> excuse me, when they were ranked eighth, but they're following for the same thing that I just mentioned about some of the other teams. I mean, UNC two and six on the road, uh, Duke two and six on the road. Like that's insane. Virginia Tech one and eight. Like, oh, like they, they can't win away from their home court. And that's, you know what I'm saying? You, you can't, yeah, you, you can't win a title. You definitely ain't going to do much damage in the tournament if you can't win away from your home court. So it's going to be, like I said, I think it's wide open. But you you mentioned it with, with Tom Izzo, his experience. You Syracuse. Know, I would not be surprised. Syracuse, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Teams like that with those veteran coaches to, to make a run. Yeah, Syracuse is close. They need a, they need at least probably four more wins and a good, good conference play uh, to get in. Um, mm-hmm. But this is Bayheim's last run. So, I'll, you know, he's going to give it everything he's got. Um, but is he done after this year, Jimmy Bainheim? Oh, absolutely. I, so I live about an hour and a half away from Syracuse and, uh, there's nothing but Syracuse fans down here. I mean, everywhere you look, it's either, you know, Yankees or Syracuse and, uh, Bayheim is a legend, uh, down here. So, um, you know, he's all over the local news and everything too. And he has said that he is done. So, um, I know he argues with it about it sometimes, but this is, I mean, he got to coach his son and it was a big deal. Uh, he just he's kind of overstayed his welcome. You should have seen some of the uh, the press conferences that he has had recently. He's just he sounds like an angry old man for sure. Um, <laughs> he's always been an angry old man. Bro. Yeah. Even when he was young, he was an angry old man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, Syracuse is going to get it like if they get in, I always put them in my bracket, at least to the sweet 16, mm-hmm. because what happens is. They always middle the road in the conference. Now, they used to run the Big East back in the day. Tanner said Big East is trash. Well, Syracuse isn't in the Big East in their ACC now, so uh, I need you to get that right, Tanner. Uh, but <laughs> when they would do that, is like the reason they make these runs is because like nobody knows how to handle that 2-3 zone. Mm-hmm. It's like they the first time they're experiencing it. So I always like, hey, Syracuse, watch out for Syracuse if they get in, no matter what seed. They're going to give the, at least the first two rounds tr- trouble. And then usually by the Sweet 16, they're going to play one of these uh, e, um, leader teams and a team or possibly another ACC team, a team that they've played, who gets to see that zone more regularly. Right. But they could go, they could play Houston in the first round or something, just throwing out a team. Houston doesn't see a zone like that right. all season. And then Syracuse gives them fits, and the game's real close and it's slow. And I'll take Jimmy Beheim and Syracuse uh, any day of the week at that point in time. Yeah, and also, too, you know, if you get ranked in the eighth or ninth seed in the March Madness bracket, you're going to play teams like St. John's, Creighton, you know, teams that don't really have a tough schedule, but they're still a decent team where you can potentially get that win. It's not one of those power conferences. Mm -hmm. You know, even like Wichita State, you know, these these teams we see every year that, you know, hover around 7 to 10 in the rankings – um, so that's another opportunity for these blue bloods to get a win and to push through into the conference or the, uh, March Brandness bracket. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. These teams, this is not, the season's not over. I mean, like look at teams like Pittsburgh, Northwestern, you know, they're really coming out at the end of the season. They, they're going to make the March madness. Those are the teams you have to look out for. Um, and I, I see a comment before you jump onto it, Nick, where anybody going to have a perfect bracket this year. I would be amazed. This is probably one of the hardest years to have a right. good bracket because right. it's so the dichotomy of this this season has just been absolutely, you know, animal for you know deciding. I mean, I've made some bets on basketball. I had to give up. Uh, it's just these teams, like like Johnny has alluded to, when they're not at home, it's just they they, they can't seem to win. Right. Uh, they could be heavy favorites and they just can't seem to win. It's really been a huge factor this year. Um, so I, there's a while I thought Tennessee was an absolute fraud and then they just went out and beat Alabama. It's like, um, you know, so anything can happen. 
But in terms of skill, like I said earlier, I think Alabama is probably the best team. Uh, look at, you know, the teams, you know, like Kansas, Texas, those top teams in those big power conferences to hopefully, you know, give us a good show and, you know, look out for these teams like Iowa State because, you know, they know how to win. They know how to beat top 25 teams for sure. Yeah, I'd like to look for those veteran teams, those teams like that have been around a, a while that aren't maybe doesn't have quite the one and dones. Right. Iowa State is one of those teams. K State's a veteran related team. Like those are the type of teams that can go deep into the the uh, tournament because they've been there and done that as well. So let me ask you this, Matt. Uh, give me. Is there a team that's kind of we'll, – we'll not talk the bracket yet, but give me your four number ones that if the season ended today, uh, headed into March, you would give us your four number one seeds. Well, the teams I think should be number one, um, you got Alabama, of course. Yeah. Uh, Alabama's definitely um, – I'm not going to say UCLA because I don't know why they're number four. Uh, I would rather have Arizona. Uh, I think yeah, that they're, yeah. they've beaten UCLA, and they're just a much better team in my opinion. Um, and then it's close. I can't, you can't say Purdue. Purdue has just, they have not capitalized. Uh, Houston is number two, but unfortunately they haven't really beat anybody. Um, only one top 25 win. I guess I'll give them number one because of where they are ranked. Um, and then lastly, you know, you've got a couple of options. You could go Texas, you could go Kansas. It's gotta be one of those big 12 teams. Uh Um, but you know, there's like, we've talked about, there's no clear cut here. I mean, yeah, I'm not in love with Houston. Uh, I mean, obviously Alabama is really good. Um, you know, Arizona is very good. I like them a lot. Actually, they're kind of under the radar. Um, they it's the Pac-12. That's why, because we don't. We're out here in the Central and East uh, Eastern time zones. We don't stay up that late to catch the Pac-12. Yeah, and you know they've lost to their you know comrades in the pac 12 somewhat, but they have a lot of really good quality wins, and you know they beat up the teams like UCLA. You know, I think Arizona's the most dominant team in the Pac-12. Um, I don't know how UCLA is ahead of them. It makes no sense to me. Um, but they have some losses. I believe they lost to USC. So, you know, it, it, it's tough. Uh, as Tanner says, Pac-12 is all frauds. Uh, you know, it seems like most uh, of these teams are fraudulent. But then, you know, somebody's got to win. Uh, yeah. So we're going to see who that's going to be. Um, I mean, if I'm going to bet. I guess I'll take the favorite, which is Alabama right now. I'm, I'm sure they'll drop a spot or two because they lost Tennessee, but I, I like them the most. I think that they have played enough competition and won enough, you know, sharp games to really feel comfortable that they can get the job done. Um, there's not really a schedule for them where they haven't really played anybody and you don't feel confident when they go up against a really tough team that they can't get the job done. So I'll bet on Alabama, but. I'm not going to put a lot of money on any of this stuff this year. This is going to be a sit and watch and hopefully we get a Cinderella story. I think that would be pretty cool. Maybe like a, hopefully not a blue bud, maybe uh, you know, like a Marquette or something like that. That'd be pretty interesting. There's always some school that will make a run, you know, um, Loyola, Chicago, a couple years ago where they have like two back to back runs at the final four, looking like a dude who, uh, what was that guy's name? The, uh, the heavier set dude, there's big guy. Uh, looked like he was just out there playing YMCA ball, like, like you'd find him in the gym. You know who I'm talking about. I can't think of his name. I can't think of the name right now either, bro. Crude or something like that. I, I can't. I can't remember his. I don't. I don't know his name. Uh, I, I think. I mean, <clears throat> sorry. I think the, the conference championship is going to help decide as far as the top four. Um, unless Houston stubs their toe in their conference, you know, championship in their conference tournament, they should they'll, they'll probably get a number one seed, Alabama. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas winds up winning their conference tournament and getting a number one seed. Um, I mean, Purdue. Everybody's hyping up Purdue because of ED and stuff, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had to pick four, I'd go Alabama. I, I'd say Houston because I think they'll they'll win their tournament. Um, I'm gonna say Kansas, and then I'm, I'm gonna say somebody's gonna make a run like like a like the, you know. I guess you got to give it to Purdue, man. I guess you give it to Purdue. So I'll, I'll say Alabama, Houston, Purdue, and I think uh, Kansas will be the one to wind up snagging a, a number one seed. Um, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they win that tournament. You know, on unranked Northwestern still has a chance to win the Big Ten. <laughs> Ain't that some shit, yo? 
Like that's crazy. They're, they're not going to be uh, unranked anymore after no, this they, week. Right? If they are, it's a travesty for sure. Right. Cameron Crutwig. Crutwig was that guy's name. Cameron Crutwig okay. from Loyola, <laughs> Chicago. Okay. Yeah, that was quite a run. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. They had like a two-year run with him. Mm-hmm. Vegas hated them for a while because yeah. they were losing some coin on them. Right. Let me uh, let me ask you that if the Big Twelve, so let's just say Kansas wins the Big Twelve turn, uh, Big Twelve outright, and let's just say I don't know Texas, who's up there as well. They win the Big Twelve tournament. Will could we see two Big Twelve teams be number one seed, or will one be a one and one be a two? I don't think that the bracket will give it to us, even though it should be. <clears throat> Excuse me. They'll give it to uh, Houston or something like that, even though Houston has an easier path. Um, but I definitely think that they should. Always. Especially Texas and um, uh, Kansas, like you said. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, Houston's going to get one of them. If they don't win their tournament, it'll be a shock. Uh, Alabama will get one. Uh, we might have a surprise, though, in the SEC. I mean, they've got to play multiple games in that uh-huh. tournament to win. Uh, there's some good teams in there. They just lost to Tennessee. So uh, anything can happen. And, you know, Pac-12 too. I mean, Arizona looks to me like the best team, but it's a lot of games. It's a lot of uh, games to win that tournament. And, you know, you could have a team lose out quickly early and then they get, you know, down the road. The championship game for the conference is a, a not so great team, like a USC and they're playing UCLA and UCLA gets a win and then they're number one seed. So seeds are important, but, when you make your bracket, I mean, they're definitely not the favorites. Uh, it's definitely because of circumstance, in my opinion. Um, you know, maybe they played a road game and they didn't do as well or something like that. So, um, you know, look at your teams, focus on what you know, who they've beaten, uh, who they've played, um, and, and make your decision off of that instead of just what the seeding is, definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Matt, I appreciate you uh, joining us. You can talk, you can stick around we, uh, before we get out of here. I just wanted to get uh, Johnny your uh, your thoughts. And Matt, if you want to chime in, the uh, trade deadline, uh, NBA trade deadline <laughs> uh, moves. Because I mean, who would have thought uh, the Nets two weeks ago looked like a real contender, and now they're headed to uh, bottom of the basement of the lottery. Uh, it, I mean, that was just them, not including the Lakers moves who have improved. Who knows what happens with Russ Westbrook? I mean, all the moves that were made in just like a 72 hour time frame right before the uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, so we didn't get to talk about it so much last week. I kind of gave my thoughts, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts here on uh, NBA trade deadline. Uh, I mean, I well, when you hit your wagon to, to Kyrie Irving, you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, that that's not much of a surprise what wound up happening to the Nets. Um, Katie asking to, to, to get out after um, – bro, for you it's free, bro. Always <laughs> for you it's free, Tanner, no doubt. Um, I was surprised Katie asked to 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 get out of out of Brooklyn after Kyrie was already gone because, you know, they, they had a good squad going. Uh, you got some decent pieces for, for Kyrie. But, um, I mean, and then he got to pick where he wanted to go too. So – for him to go to Phoenix, once he gets healthy, that's going to be ridiculous. Um, him, Booker, and then they didn't even have to trade uh, DeAndre Ayton to, to, to get KD. Like, how does how does that happen? But um, I like what the Lakers did. Um, I like D'Angelo Russell. Um, I like Rudy Hockamore that they got from, um, from from Washington. I think that was a that was a low key good move. Um, <coughs> I mean, besides the KD, I mean. I don't know what Kyrie and, and Luca is going to look like. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Kyrie's they ain't won a game to... yet together when they're on the right. court. Together. Yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie's going to have to like take the the. He's going to have to just let Luca be the dude and just be his be the number two. You know what I'm saying? Accept the fact that he's a Robin and let Luca do what he does, and then he can play off of Luca like he did off of LeBron. And I think if he, he's going to do that because he wants to get paid. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they'll make a deep run. Um, Denver's always good. You know what I'm saying? Even though they didn't they didn't really do nothing. Um, at the trade deadline, but uh, I like the moves the Lakers made. I don't know if it's it's a little bit too late um, for the moves that they did, but I, I, everybody's gonna be paying attention to what happens in Phoenix. Um, I love fucking I love Booker. Booker is a baller, and then you put him with KD and the Chris Paul. Uh, that's just uh, it's almost not fair. 
Um, so we'll we'll see what happens in the West. But you know, some 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 good moves. Um, you know, the West the, got tougher, man. The that's West for got sure. re- the West got really hard. Um, nothing really major happening in, in, in the in the in, in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, say some little low key moves or whatever, but nothing major like what happened in the West. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. But I mean, if you got a healthy KD, a healthy book, and if CB3 can somehow stay healthy for the playoffs for the first time in four or five years, um, that, that's a that's a really hard out, man. Yeah, uh, I I think that Kyrie said it best when he was asked when he moved to Dallas. You know, he said it's it's easy to play when people care about you or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. He sounds like a bitter ex. I mean, it's just unfortunate because I love Luka Doncic, but I don't think, again, this is going to work. As soon as they can't figure it out and they start losing multiple games, Kyrie's going to be right back at it, how everything is everybody else's fault and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So, I'm really surprised that Mark Cuban and Dallas went with that move. I would have. They had to do something though, right? It was desperation, bro. They had to. They had to get. They had to get Lucas some help. I mean, uh, they they Jalen Brunson's gone. Uh, I mean, they didn't really give up a whole lot to get Kyrie. So why not pair up Luca and Kyrie? I don't really know how I feel about the pairing because I feel like they're very both ball oriented players. Like, how can they? Who's gonna play the Robin? That, that's uh, what I'm saying. Kyrie's just gonna have to just bite the bullet and accept it, and then it'll be similar to like him and LeBron, where LeBron was kind of you know ball dominant because uh, you could post Luca like like he is the kid is phenomenal, bro. So you could post him up, you can put him at the elbow, you can put him anywhere, and he could be the center of the offense and just have everybody else moving around. Um, so I mean, it it can work if Kyrie just accepts the fact that he's the number two and play. And again, he's going to do whatever because he wants that big payday after the season. So um, I don't think they'll make a deep run, but I think, you know, he'll he'll be the good soldier just to make sure he gets paid. But I hope it doesn't, you know, negatively affect Luca because that kid is, that kid is something special. But I mean, Mark Cuban, man, like you got to find him somebody, bro. Yeah, it was definitely desperation. Um, I mean, Luca really does need somebody like Kyrie. And if Kyrie does take that role on, he's one of the best players to get other, you know, he is an assist machine. Right. Uh, you know, he's really good with passing the ball. He just doesn't want to, and he is talented, right. but you know, basketball is a game of chemistry. Look at the Celtics. That is a perfectly chem- oh. chemistry team. Um, I think that, you know, they played, um, I believe it was the, 76ers or Bucks recently without Tatum Brown and they almost they went to overtime mm-hmm. um and everybody had it was like a 50 12 point favorite for the Bucks uh cuz everybody was out it doesn't matter this team is so chemistry oriented um you know so if they can't do that in Dallas it's going to be a huge L um it's just going to prolong Luka's potential success in the playoffs um and then KD I mean that's just if I was KD, I'd want to leave Brooklyn too. Uh, yeah. That that travesty of an organization. Uh, they're getting all their picks back from when they got the big three from the Celtics. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but if he is healthy, it, it'll be Celtics, Suns in the finals. Um, I would would be shocked if it was anything else. I mean, I guess the Bucks, you know, definitely could beat the Celtics, but that is a super team for sure. There's nobody in the West that I think has enough firepower to beat. You know, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. Denver can be – I think Denver can give him some problems. Yeah, but is Jamal Murray going to stay healthy? We can that's, that's the thing. It's Murray and Jokic. Which I, I, right. Me personally, I will say it now. Jokic is the best player in basketball. Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't have, you know, a KD uh, next to him like everybody – you know, well, he's got Murray. Players. He's got Porter. Aaron yeah, he's Porter got, he's got some the, good young players, but he ain't got like that. that – he ain't got that true – number two you know what i'm saying if he had a true number two then yeah I, i'd be more worried about denver um because he's so much fun to watch bro yeah denver's the same he is a joy to watch bro. denver's the same team that they were last year and yeah. we saw what happened well murray's year. murray's got to be consistent that's right. what i think right. murray's just got to be consistent yeah like and he's Porter, inconsistent. Porter should be more dominant you know what i'm saying like he he's so big so athletic like but everybody and their mother wants to shoot threes all the time bro he could be so much more dominant if he actually wanted to go to the hole and play down low as a post game, man. But I don't know, man. 
and the, it's a different game, man. And the Lakers trade, that's all well and good, but they'll all be sitting at home in about a month and a half, so yep. it doesn't really matter. Yep. Can they can they make a run into the playoffs with the Lakers? Can LeBron? Um, it, it, yeah. I I I don't trust K, uh, AD. I call him Street Clothes Davis because right. Right. I mean, right. it, he's just he's hurt all the time. He's in more street clothes than I am, you know. So. Yeah, the, the bottom of the West is definitely, at least the play in any way, is easily attainable. They just have to win games, and it seems like they can't. I mean, they did just beat the Pelicans, which is good. Um, but they're just super inconsistent, and they're, I think, three or four games back right now. Um, you know, Oklahoma City is the last seed in the play-in, and, you know, that's a young team that just wants to win. And it's going to be hard, but they can definitely do it. Once they get to the play-in, I think they can make a run in the sixth seed, but other than that, I, I mean, if they play the Suns or you know the the Nuggets, it's it's going to be a four zero series sweep. I don't care that LeBron's there; the team just doesn't have enough to to beat a team like the Suns or the Nuggets. I, I think he's going to play well with with D'Angelo Russell, though. I think D'Angelo Russell, if he can stay consistent, he'll he'll be a. I mean, that's, that's yeah, a nice that's a nice piece. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice piece to have. You know, what I'm saying a true point guard that's going to want to pass for. You know, what I'm saying as opposed to you know. Russell Westbrook. So I think that's that's a good pickup there. He's um, the anti Kyrie Irving. Basically, <laughs> basically. He's just unfortunately he's just not as good. Oh, he's not but, as good. You know what I'm saying? But but he's <laughs> a good player. He's a good point guard. So I think I think he's gonna help them out a lot. But any when you got LeBron, you never know. But the key, like you said, is Anthony Davis. Is is, is he gonna play more than two or three games in the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? If, 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 if at all. I mean, right, if at all. I mean, you know, if he stays healthy and LeBron's healthy. Then you never know, but you know what I'm saying? With, with Anthony Davis, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust him. No. All right, let me ask you, let me guys ask you one more question before we get out of here. You mentioned Russ Westbrook. What's the best place for, for Russ Westbrook to go to? Because it looks like he's gonna be getting a buyout. And I'll even add Kevin Love, who's looking for a buyout. Yeah, Kevin Love just got out. I mean, yeah, he's looking to buy out. Yeah, he's looking so to buy out too. Those two guys, two Hall of Fame basketball players. I Russ, for what it is, I don't know why he got all the hate in L.A. I didn't like the pairing with him and LeBron to begin with. But by God, Russ Westbrook still plays his ass off for you every day, every day in and day out. And he's still a walking triple-double. Is he ever going to be a great shooter? No, he's not. That's not his game. His game is much like LeBron's. Is he's going to create for others and score at the rim. Uh, and that's why I didn't like him and LeBron's pairing. But uh, – Johnny, uh, go ahead and give me the teams that you could see Russ and, and K-Love uh, playing for. I think Russ needs to leave the West. Honestly, I think he'd be a nice fit coming off the bench for Miami or somebody like that. Um, <clears throat> Kevin Love, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up – You know, he could possibly go to Miami too. They need, they need a big um, – but I think I think Russ would do good in Miami. He could always oh, get, man. The, get the easy ticket and go. Jimmy, him and Jimmy bench. together? That's some dogs yeah, but, in the team. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Russ, is, Russ gives you 110% all the time. You know what him saying? and so Jimmy, too. Him, yeah, right. he fits their culture. You got him coming off the bench. I think that would be a good one. Not for nothing, but you, you put him in Milwaukee coming off that bench there, and he gets to run the second team there. I mean, talk about, you know what I'm saying, a threat coming off the bench from, from Milwaukee. That's just, you know what I'm saying, that will be a nice one there. But it's going to be interesting. Kevin Love, I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up going to L.A. and going to get back with, with, with LeBron, you know what I'm saying, because they're not going to have to pay him nothing. Or Phoenix. Matt, what you got? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Westbrook needs to be on a team where he can run the, the backups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I would say maybe – I mean, Denver could use the help. I mean, True. you know, there's nothing wrong with extra bench. Uh, I don't think they want to take on what Russ has kind of created for himself, and that is, I guess, not so much drama, but, you know, he does want the ball, so I, I don't know if they want to affect the chemistry. Um, so it's kind of hard to put a spot for Russell besides one of these bottom feeder teams like Houston where he can be the the most dominant player for the whole season. Um, and then for Kevin Love, I think he, a perfect spot would be Golden State. Uh, I think that he, oh, you know, they've had some injuries. Um, he's a veteran player. He's a big too. So, you know, the Splash Brothers need, you know, that extra height. Um, I think that would be a perfect move for them. Yeah, yeah I like the they Warriors. Just got they, they just got rid of Wiseman too. So, yeah, that's that's a good one, man. Aspect, yeah. That is true. Wiseman got traded. He was part yeah, of it. And, and that's, a, that's one of those teams. They got the experience. They got the pedigree. If they get healthy – 
watch out for Golden State, man. Matt, where can we go before you get out of here? Go ahead and get those plugs and where can we catch you at? Uh, so Twitter, let's talk bets. Uh, we have our Twitter page. Uh, I do daily picks every single day, just about. Um, and we, we, we review them on let's talk bets, which is now at 6 PM on Fridays. We're going to review the set games, the later games on Friday, and then the Saturday slate for MLB, NHL, NBA, all of that since the NFL season's over. Um, and then obviously we got March Madness coming up too. So we're going to be talking about that, but yep. Twitter and well, we'll see everybody at six o'clock tomorrow. Awesome. Nice. And you got Johnny Cruz as your co-host too, or is that one of the ones? Johnny <laughs> no, I, have, I haven't been invited yet. Johnny, you're more than welcome. You, you're reworking. <laughs> Johnny's got to rework it in his contract. You know, Johnny's expensive, man. I mean, shoot. He's got to write on that puppy dog calendar. Just to yeah, yes, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Johnny, go ahead. What do you got going on the rest of the week, man? Um, the rest of the week, well, tomorrow I'll have Let's Talk Dolphins tomorrow. So I got some defensive coordinator news and um, see what's going to what's going to happen with, with Tua. I might touch on that a little bit, as always. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got the, the Let's Talk Dolphins tomorrow. Um, Saturday I got a special interview, but I'm not going to put it out. Until, I'm not going to put out the name until, um, until the show comes out. But uh, And then, of course, Monday night, 8 p.m., on Let's Talk Sports, it's the Johnny Cruz Show uh, every Monday night, 8 p.m. And, of course, I'm, I'm here with you every Thursday until until your kids' basketball season is over. Are you going to move it back to Wednesday or are we keeping it on Thursday? I don't know yet. <laughs> right now it's on Thursday, man. So but we'll I, just I, I'm riding you know, shotgun with, with, with you, you know what I'm saying, uh, on either Wednesday or Thursday nights, man. So I'm, I'm good, man. Hey, well, I appreciate it. Uh, again, Always. I'll be back on Sunday. Um Huge guest. I'm like Johnny. I like to spoil it. So uh, it's locked in. We're going to announce it tomorrow, but I'll just announce it tonight, too, because we're going to announce it tomorrow. Uh, son of a uh, Hall of Fame football coach. And this guy was a great football coach himself. Johnny knows him from his days at Clemson. It's none other than uh, Tommy Bowden is going to be my nice. guest on the uh, Bodkin Show this uh, Sunday night, uh, I believe 7 o'clock Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. So I'm wow. super excited for Mr. Tommy Bowden, uh, son of obviously Hall of Fame football coach Bobby Bowden, but Tommy did pretty yeah. damn good himself. In fact, he won Coach of the Year one year. Um, and uh, two-time ACC Coach of the Year. Mm -hmm. uh, so had himself a nice little run as well as a coach. So it'll be good to catch up with uh, the one and only uh, Tommy Bowden. Can't wait uh, for that. Um, Shout out Dan Harris with his super producer. Yeah, hey. Tommy Bowden don't know what he's about to get into when he's getting on the, <laughs> get, get the Bodkin show, baby. But, uh, you know. That, so, that's a must watch right there, man. I am super excited. Yeah, super excited. Sunday night, uh, we'll be putting it out tomorrow on the socials uh, to kind of promote it. Awesome. And uh, we will uh, put it out again on, uh, you know, Sunday, uh, Sunday as well. So join us, 7 o'clock Central, special time zone, time. When you got these big guests like Tommy Bowden, you you clear out the, clear out the day. Right. I'll take any time it gets. So 7 o'clock Central, special time. Uh, 8 Eastern for uh, Mr. Tommy Bowden. Click uh, on that bell, people. Click on that bell. Yeah, gonna click uh, Click on the bell. It'll be here on Let's Talk Sports and the Bodkins channel. Uh, so, you know, be a friend, tell a friend. We'll be back Sunday. Matt, Johnny, I appreciate you guys. As always, it's been a pleasure. It's been another great episode of the Bodkins show. Be a friend, tell a friend. Tommy Bowden, baby's coming on Sunday. Can't wait to talk football with the old ball coach, Tommy Bowden. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. So we'll see you then. I'm going to hit that outro right. Meow, baby. Oh.